0: all of y'all. Hope you had a great weekend. Praise God. Well, I'm excited this morning. I am starting a uh, three-week series called Dangerous Prayers. Has anybody ever prayed a dangerous prayer before? If you've been walking with Jesus, you said some prayers probably pretty naively and didn't realize you were praying a dangerous prayer, but um, I'm excited to get into this series for the next few weeks because it goes off of something that I started last week, and we've been talking about the power of prayer, and it is a little warm in here, so if we could drop the AC, I see a lot of fans out there, so that help the ladies, you're already on it, okay, good, um, but uh, is that my, I think somebody else has a mic on. Jesus? Oh, that's me. I guess I might have a little short. Okay, I'll try to behave and not be too animated. Um, But last week, I uh, started a a series on prayer. Oh, you guys, I don't know if this is going to work. Hang on. I'm just going to put it right here. Now, if I go walking too far, warn me, okay? All right. Jesus' name is all is well. Okay. Anyway, take three. I uh, started talking about prayer last week, and I feel like it's a very pivotal point for our church, and and the directive that we're going in our church is that we incorporate prayer into our daily life, and not looking just Sunday or maybe that midweek service where we get in this beautiful presence of God, but really having the presence of God every day. I'm going to go ahead and switch my mic. Testing, one, two, three, there we go. Thank you, Jesus. But um, anyway, really learning as a body to have this prayer time with God. And I really encourage you to get online and listen to last week's message because it's talking about prayer being a personal relationship with Jesus. And really learning that voice of God and that intimacy with God and and knowing that you hear the voice of God. No matter how spiritual you think you are or you aren't, you can hear the voice of God. And in the season that we're going to, I think in the kingdom of God, God is calling his church to hear his voice like never before. Because he wants you to not be distracted by things in the world. I believe that God is calling his church to repentance. And conviction of our sin. I think we've been living in a season in the kingdom of God where everything goes, you know. And we're not a sin-conscious church, but we want to definitely put a light on the devil in our life and just say I'm not going to tolerate certain hidden, hidden areas of my life. That I'm going to really allow the Holy Spirit to come into my life and my walk with God so that he can begin to purify who I am so that I can go and be a light to a lost and dark world. We're coming into a season where the harvest is going to be so great into the kingdom of God. And God is calling us to hear his voice. And also the Bible talks about that in the last days there will be a pulling away of deception because men will be run to charisma more than they reel the anointing. And so right now God's preparing his church that you're going to hear the voice of God. And when you are praying, you're activating discernment in your life that you can discern good from evil. And how many know we need that in these end times? We need to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. We've got to know the voice of the Holy Spirit in this season. And so he's calling us to have that relationship with him. And so the next three weeks I'm going to talk about three dangerous prayers that as a church I pray that you bring this into your everyday life. So that God can begin to do some work inside of your heart. So God can reveal the hidden places. How many know we're really good at hiding from God? We don't really hide from him. He's got it all figured out. But we're really good at taking the things of our life and shoving them deep down into our soul so that we don't have to identify to them. And then we think we're living every day really running from God. But God's like, I know what's in there. You know, and so we're going to pray these dangerous prayers. And one of them today, which I'll talk extensively about is, Lord, search me. Search my heart. And allowing the Holy Spirit to come into our heart and really begin to seek out the deep things of our heart. And we're going to go into that in deep today. But next week we're going to be going into part two of a dangerous prayer is, Lord, break us. You know, we need God to break the fallow ground in our life. We need the Lord to break disappointment and break rejection and break failure. And whatever ever it is that he's going to reveal you in this searching the heart season, we want God to loose us and set us free, amen. God doesn't want us to go into the next season with the same garbage that got us where we're at. Why? Because he's purifying you, he's cleansing you, he's healing and delivering you so that you can go into a lost and dying world with the power of the Holy Spirit and win people to Jesus, lay hands on the sick and see them recover, and move in the wondrous. We need to be a light on a hill that cannot be hidden. Not just a church with a steeple, but a light all over this city. And you can be lights, but we are bound up. In our insecurities and our fears and we're drudging the past into the future, we can never be the light that God's called us to be, amen. So week two, we'll be talking about breaking us in a good way. The prayers that I'm going to share with you are going to be these prayers that's going to draw us closer to God, not further away. These prayers aren't to convict us, they're not to condemn us as the Lord reveals things, but it's allow us to repent of those things, Allow the presence of God to come into our life and get them out once and forever so you can walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And the third week, we're going to talk about, um, Lord, send me. Let me be and do what you called me to be. I believe by week week three, we're going to sign a blank contract and say, Lord, fill in the blanks. What do you want me to do? What have you called me to do in this season? Obviously, number one, we're called to win the loss for Jesus. And that's going to be a push in our church that we need to win people with hope and love and in your in your um, work and your jobs and in the grocery stores and get this awareness that there are hurting and broken people all around us. But with that, there's gifts and callings in you. Maybe some of you have a desire to write a book that's going to really touch someone's life or children's curriculum or maybe you're called to be a children's teacher or work with the youth ministry or head up the evangelism ministry. I don't know what's on the inside of you, but God does. And when you allow him to search your heart and break those things in your life, he will send you in your purpose and your destiny. And I'm going to tell you there's no greater joy on earth than doing what God's called you to do. You can work your nine to five and how many know that doesn't really make you happy until you can pay the bills with that check, right? We can take vacations and you should. You should enjoy the pleasures of this world. But that is so fleeting and temporary. I was listening to this show with Kelly, uh, oh, Kylie Jenner, you know, those Kardashians, crews. and I was watching one of her shows, and she was saying that the first thing she realized when she came, became a billionaire, when she realized she could buy whatever she wanted and have whatever she wanted, she realized that that really didn't make her happy at all. See, we think these pleasures of the world is really going to satisfy us, but she's trying to find her purpose, and that's the joy in life. What is your purpose? What are you called to do here on earth? And whatever your purpose is, it's attached to touch someone's life, amen? Some of our teenagers may go off into the NBA or the NFL or go into the industry, but they're called to be a light in a dark world, right? The purpose, God's using their talent for his purpose to reach the world. So what is in you that can change someone's life? But it's important that we change ourselves first and allow God to get into our heart. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. So we're going to talk about praying some prayers that are going to change the trajectory of your life. And maybe you've been serving Jesus just a little bit and maybe you've been serving him a long time. But these dangerous prayers that you're going to pray is going to change the direction that you are going forever. And how many know we need to be changed. We need to be changed and allow the Lord to to move in our life that will bring us so much joy. So we're not going to pray generic prayers. How many know prayer is good? And we can be praying for what? We pray for the Lord to be with you, the Lord to favor you. These are predictable and generic safe prayers, aren't they? And they're good. Lord, protect my family as they travel. Lord, be with me. Those are all good, and we should be praying them. But I'm talking about the dangerous prayers that are going to change you. See, God wants to change you. When you come to Christ, you come as is. But when you pray this prayer, God says, I'm going to get in the inner workings of your heart. And I want to change you. I want to change your behavior. I want to change the patterns of your life. I want to change your response mechanism. See, God wants to change us. And I'm here to tell you today, he can change you and he will. The things that you're struggling with, you don't have to struggle with forever. God is called to set you free. You can be a new person in Christ Jesus when you learn to allow him to come into your heart. The patterns of pornography and addiction and whatever struggle you're struggling with has been bought by the blood of the lamb. Amen. And we need to invite the Holy Spirit to come into our heart and search me. And that's number one here today we're going to talk about. In um, uh, Psalms 139 verses 23-24. through We're going to pray this challenging prayer. And this was a prayer that David prayed. And at this time that David prayed this prayer, I had to study it a little bit and find out why was David making this plea to God. And this was a time where evil men were accusing David of having wrong motives, accusing David of being evil and judging him. Have any of you ever been in a position where you're being false accused? Or maybe your life doesn't look like where God says you should be looking like. And men are like, well, what is God really doing in your life? And how many want to go on a vindictive, like I want to vindicate myself. I want to reap vengeance. They've done me wrong. I need to prove that they've done wrong. Well, David's here, and he's been falsely accused, but he did something different. David didn't justify where he was at. He didn't say, how dare they attack me? Who do they think they are? Don't they know I've been anointed king? No, David prayed a dangerous prayer in this moment. And he said, God, search me. Is there anything in my heart, God, that where I'm at today, where they're false accusing me, where evil is being spoken of me, is there anything in my heart, God, that I can change in this situation? Is there anything that I can do in my behavior that maybe got me where I am today, but I really didn't realize it? See, we can point the blame at many things in our life and say, well, it was that, and start blaming this. Well, it was my daddy, wasn't there for me, wasn't good enough, whatever it is. And God's saying, forget about what's out here, because what you're using to become the victim of is entrapping you from being set free. So your pattern and your behavior and these things that you're addicted to, we have to quit using the excuse of this is just the way I am. This is the way it's always going to be. I've tried to get set free. And we need to pray the dangerous prayer that says, Lord, search my heart. Is there anything that I'm hiding in there? Unforgiveness, bitterness, rejection, fear of failure. Now, I'm not the kind of teacher that says go digging for stuff. But what I am trying to say to you is give the Holy Spirit permission. It's time to quit hiding from God and allow him to really get in your heart. Because God wants to reveal those hidden places that are causing you to be on that merry-go-round life life that keeps making that mistake and tripping up over and over and over again. How many of you get so far with Jesus and boom, you trip right in that same spot again? It's time to get off that merry-go-round, amen. And it's going to be by saying, Lord, this is going to be hard for me and it makes me uncomfortable. But I tell you what, Lord, search my heart. See, the Holy Spirit waits for permission in our life. He waits to be invited in. He already knows what's going on in there. He already knows the trap and the struggle. Now we need to say, Lord, be a light, In this heart of my emotions that keep deceiving me and keep causing me to lose friendships and relationships and and promotion and gets me on this emotional roller coaster, I want you to come in, God. And you know what? The beautiful love of God will come in and he'll begin to illuminate not to condemn you but to free you. So when the Lord begins to show the things that you're going to pause for a minute and ask the Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about in a minute, what's in you. You're going to say, God, that thing in my heart is not who I am. I don't identify with it. It doesn't say who I am. It's a behavior. It's something else in my life, but it is not who I am. I am made in the image of Christ Jesus. Oh, The old is passed away. Behold, I have become new. God, get this garbage out of my heart. Get the fear of failure out of my heart. Get the rejection out of my heart. Get the pride out of my heart. Get the lust out of my heart. God, I don't want to live like this one more year. We need to walk free according to the way that God has called us to live free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God doesn't want you to wake up every day guilty and condemned and overwhelmed by the emotions of your heart. Say, God, search me. I'm allowing you in the places of my heart. Go ahead and put that scripture verse back up there. That word search means to examine or to find out, right? I'm giving the Lord permission, amen. We're going to break down four parts of this scripture verse today that you are going to be able to take home and really pray these prayers in your life that i believe is going to truly set you free to be who god's called you to be and the first one is to what search my heart god god's not trying to be cruel to you but he's trying to bring you to an intimacy with him a deeper intimacy with him so we need to stop and say lord I invite the Holy Spirit into my life, right, to transform me into the image of Christ Jesus. Because God has set you free, right. This is a dangerous prayer, but it can make you closer to God. I want to read Jeremiah 17, verses uh, 9 through 10. And it says this, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Let's stop right there. So, you're saying, God, search my heart. See, without Christ in your life, our heart is evil. Our heart desires wicked things. Our heart holds unforgiveness and resentment. The Bible says that what? The heart is the most deceitful of all things. Your emotions will go, I'm good, I'm fine. Some of you could be sitting this morning going, really, I'm not really bothered about anything. I'm okay with that. I've learned to live with that. But see, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? You can't know your own heart. The same thing that's tripping you up over and over is the one thing that God says, let me in. I'm knocking at the door of your heart and let me in because your heart is deceiving you. Your heart is saying this compromise in your life is okay, it's not hurting me. Your emotions are saying, well, this is just the way it is. This makes me happy. This is comfortable. It isn't really bothering me. But your heart is deceitful. So your heart will pull you away from the presence of God. It will be like that piranha in the fish that they put together. Have you heard that story? They put him in the same tank. And they put a, a dividing wall between the piranha and the fish. And they, the piranha goes to hit, get that fish and hits that, that uh glass wall every time hits it hits it hits it to the piranha realizes they can pull the glass out and the piranha will never try to go over again because it's learned that it can't achieve its goal and that's how your heart is well I'm good I'm good I'm good and no you haven't realized that the enemy has pulled you way over here in bitterness and resentment and you're compromising and you've allowed sin into your heart and into your life and you're so far away from the presence of God your heart has deceived you this is in love amen See, there are things in the world today that are acceptable. There are things in the kingdom of God that are acceptable. There are certain famous people that have acceptable behavior. But does that mean it's right? See, we don't live our life fashioned over other how people are living their life and what they've allowed and their compromise and their walk with God. We have to live our life, search my heart, oh God. Because I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to think I'm okay when I'm really not okay with God. Amen. This is a message of truth to set us free, not to condemn us. This is a message that will draw us to God and will lit our hearts on fire when we learn to let the Holy Spirit really truly convict us. The heart is the most deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? You don't know unless you ask the Holy Spirit. Go to verse 10. Do you have verse 10, sweetheart? Okay. But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine the secret motives. So you're allowing the Lord to search your heart for hidden motives that you don't even know you're behaving by destructive behaviors, destructive relationships, right? I give all people their due rewards according to what their action deserves. So God is saying, allow me to search your heart, amen. Allow me to show you the areas that maybe you've been offended in and you've just struck it away. Allow me to, place, allow me to search the places that maybe you've been disappointed by God in and you've been pushing it away. Allow the truth of the Holy Spirit to come into your life, amen. Amen. And say, I remember when I got saved at 17, I prayed this prayer, didn't even know what I was praying. I just found the scripture verse, search my heart, oh God, and make it ever true. Search my heart, oh God, and make it more like you. Little did I know that God was going to take me up on my word. And God to begin, begin to reveal some things in Barb's heart. God began to reveal some disappointments in my life. And in my walk with God when I got desperately hurt and offended by the church and how the church treated my family. Because I allowed the Lord to search my heart, I could forgive all those people. Because disappointment comes to my life, it doesn't have control over my heart or my emotions because I've learned to put my trust in God. I've learned to put my trust in his word. But it's going to become by fully surrendering to the Holy Spirit says, God, search my heart on a daily basis in this walk with you. So that whatever's trying to hold me down and trouble me, I can walk free in the name of Jesus Christ. And God has called his church to be free, amen. He's called his bride to be free and walk in total victory in your life. See, as you allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart, he'll reveal things to you. I remember when I was pastoring in Beloit with my dad, his first church that we planted in Beloit, Wisconsin. And I had been, um, I was 20 years old. When I left there, I was 32. I had run the church, started the church, launched a children's ministry, launched a youth ministry. I had done a lot for Jesus. And this whole time, I'm, God, I do it all for you, God. I love you, Jesus. Everything I do, I do for the glory of God. And how you many know that sounds like a good prayer? And I really felt like it was true in my life until God began to search my heart. See, God will search your heart to get rid of pride and rejection. So I remember I came to Arizona. I'm like, I'm going to do something for Jesus, right? I'm going to meet a hot man. We're going to get married. We're going to build a church for Jesus. And I had this agenda, and God's like, mm, I'm going to search your heart first. So he put me at a church in a cubicle, no office with pretty windows anymore, no no staff to help me. Nobody cared that I was Barb Pruitt. I wasn't a pastor's kid anymore. I wasn't allowed to pray at the altars for a while. And all of this pressure began to come in my life. And I remember one day I'm sitting at my little cubicle. I'm staring at this, like, wall. And I said to myself, don't they know who I am? I said that. Don't they know who I am? What was that? It was pride. But I did it all for the glory of God. And maybe part of me did, but another part of me took some glory in it too. And God says, I'm going to get that pride out of you because what I want to do in you, you aren't going to take yourself there. Because if you take yourself there, you'll fall and hurt other people with you. I'm going to get the pride out of your heart and humble yourself so you're going to do it for the glory of me like you said you'll do. See, God will search the hidden places. And you know what? It wasn't a matter of time. I was disgusted when that came out of me. I thought, my God, I didn't even know I had that in me. See, why? The heart is deceitful. We think we're okay, but the heart is deceiving us. We're hurting ourselves. We're hurting our family. We're hurting the agenda of God, but not allowing him to search our hearts. Amen and it was the best thing that could have happened to me it was an ugly realization but it was the best thing because it set me free and it wasn't even a week later i got t- i got ordained in front of the whole church they weren't going to ordain me i got ordained in front of the whole church i became the youth pastor of the church the fastest growing ministry the first year that i was in there what well, all because of god but if i'd have been prideful and i'd have had my own ambition i'd have said well i built this and i did this and tried to vindicate myself i don't believe i'd be standing right here today And I don't believe I'll be going where God wants me to go if I wasn't willing to let him search my heart. See, it's an ugly, painful truth. But let's get God in there, amen. Let's get him in our junk, in our business, in our attitude, in our behaviors, in our sin. So that we can repent of those things and be set free. Amen. And walk in the freedom of Christ. So Jeremiah 18, I want to read this to you. Jeremiah 18, and I found it in this awesome translation. And it says this, and they'll have it on the screen too. This is about the potter and the clay. How many know God is the potter? and We're the clay. And it says this. This is the message that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. I will give you my message there. So I went down to the potter's house and saw him working with clay at the wheel. He was making a pot from clay. But there was something wrong with the pot. So the potter used that clay to make another pot. With his hands, he shaped the pot the way he wanted it to be. See, listen, we come to Jesus, and I'll go on to that in just a minute. We come to Jesus marred. We come to Jesus broken and discouraged. And even when we're in Jesus, we have things that take our breath away. And we need to allow the potter, when you're saying, God, search my heart, you're saying, here I am, remold me, God. See, he wants to put us on the wheel and he wants to shape us. He wants to build your confidence. He wants to build your joy. He wants to set you on fire so that you can go into the world, amen. But we have to be willing to get on the potter's wheel and say, God, make me. I'm broken, I'm discouraged, but I'm going to allow your hands to shape me to be the man of God I'm called to be, the man of my house, the husband that I'm called to be, to my wife and to my children, and the woman of God that feels that charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. There's a righteousness that rises up when we allow the potter to shape our hearts instead of hiding behind our disappointments and insecurities, Say, Lord, here I am. Get rid of the junk amen and let me be what you call me to be and when I know the potter has shaped me I don't have to care about the opinions of man I don't have to care about the agendas of man I don't have to care how skinny or how tall or how short I don't have to care about nothing what I live in what I drive none of it matters because I am in the potter's hand amen Amen. mold me and make me God I'm going to submit myself to you so that you can cause me to be what you want me to be Let's go on to the rest of that verse. Then, verse 5, then this message from the Lord came to me. Family of Israel, you know that I can do the same thing with you. You are like the clay in the potter's hand and I am the potter. This message is from the Lord. Let's stop right there. This message is from the Lord. God knows what you're going through, amen. He knows what you're struggling with. Let's invite him in. Let's invite him in and say, Lord, search my heart. If I'm a a person that just comes to church and I really don't have a relationship with you, search my heart, God. Am I coming to the church just to go through the motions or do I have a real relationship with you, God? God's looking for a true, authentic relationship with his kids, not just Sunday goers. He's looking for it Monday through Saturday. Why? Because that's where your challenge is, Monday through Saturday. Sunday's not enough for us, is it? He's wanting to know those intimate places of your heart. Amen. So the first prayer is, God, search my heart. Second prayer, let's put that theme scripture verse back up again, sweetheart. It says this in Psalms 139, verse 23. Search me, which we talked about. Oh, God, that's an invitation. Search my heart. And know my heart. And try me and know my anxieties. Number two, as you have asked the Lord to search your heart, you've given him permission. Number two, you're going to pray, Lord, reveal my fears. What are those things that you're anxious about? What are those things that are causing you to wring your hands at night and you're worried and you're turmoiled about? Those are the things that God is trying to get at when you invite him in. A lot of the times, the fears that we're going through, we don't even acknowledge them. Because we've learned to live with them. We've learned, well, this is just normal. This is just who I am, right? But the Lord is asking you, what are you really afraid of? What are those things that are keeping you away from that true authentic relationship with God? Not just the little things, you know, like the boogeyman under the bed, which I still check for sometimes. (laughs) I ain't going to lie. I still check that closet sometimes, make sure it's all good but i'm talking about those fears that are causing you to withdraw from the intimacy with god that causes you from not to step out by faith but to trust god there are fears that are holding you back and you need to say lord what are those fears in my life because i want your love to fill me up so what are you anxious about today right is it a fear of maybe your children and what's going on in their life fear of never being happy Maybe there's fear of you're never going to get married, or things aren't going to work out for you, or fear that you're not good enough. Do you know that some people are afraid of success? Because I feel like if I'm successful, I have to maintain it, and I don't know if I can do that. Afraid that somebody's going to reject me and see my weaknesses and my my vulnerability. But see, all those things keep us away from the lost. All those things keep us away from stepping out in courageous faith to do something for God we've never done before. When you are walking in fear, it keeps you out of obedience. So that's why God's like, let me speak to the fears of your heart. Why should I say this prayer? Why should I say, Lord, reveal my fears? Sometimes they're better just to keep hidden, aren't they? I'll just live my life robotic. I'll live till Jesus comes. But why is it important that we say this prayer? I'm going to put this quote on the screen. This is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, because what we fear the most reveres where we, reveals where we trust God the least. See, God is trying to reveal the fear, the thing that is holding you back, because it is that area that you are not able to trust God for whatever reason. So if you're concerned about your marriage, you're not putting the trust of God in that marriage. If you're afraid of failing, you're not putting God, in God for that failure, right, to trust God for success. Well, you know, two years ago when I took over the church, it was hands in the air, Lord, this is your church. I can't, t- I can't take credit for the success and I can't take fault for the failure. Why? Because it's all God. I'm trusting God. See, whatever you're going through that's keeping you turmoiled and overwhelmed is something you're not throwing your hands up to the Lord. A couple weeks ago I shared this story, but I walked and prayed. I said, God, I'm not leaving this room till I have peace. It's troubled about something. And I said, I'm not leaving this room till peace. And I marched and prayed and spoke in tongues and tried to get that anointing. And quietly I heard the Lord say, Do you trust me? I was like, Dang, I wish I'd have heard that 45 minutes ago. <laughs> That'd have saved me a lot of time. Because I was like, Yes, yes, I can trust you, God. I may not understand how everything else is going to work out. I may not know tomorrow, but I know you, the great I am, the bright and morning star, amen. I know Jesus, and I know that he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. And I know he's got my best in mind, amen. And I know that he's got favor around the corner for me. I don't know how or when it's going to happen, but I trust you, Lord. Fear, get out of the way. Anxiety, get out of the way. My children are Jesus. The economy is Jesus right my marriage belongs to jesus my man belongs to jesus my wife belongs to jesus my future belongs to jesus you gotta let it go and let the peace of god saturate your heart tell fear to go in the name of jesus Amen. Because there's a courageous faith on the inside of you that God wants you to tap into. I remember when I was in ministry, uh, again, in my dad's church in Beloit, and I was the children's pastor. And that was awesome. I did it for eight years. I loved the children. It was so much fun. And then God called me to the youth ministry. And at this point, I I was, well, I was, am, a single woman. And I was called to do this youth ministry. I'm this little girl, five foot. I looked about 12 back then, you know. And God called me to run this a youth ministry, and I was terrified. I was terrified of people's opinions. I was terrified I'm a single number one and I'm a woman number two. I was all worried about it. And I remember walking and praying in the youth sanctuary way back in the day. See, this is something I've learned. Remember when I told you I was 17? You don't just do it once, you're going to walk and talk to Jesus every obstacle that you face in your life. It's not a one time encounter, amen? So I'm facing this thing, and I said, Lord, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be a single woman that's like a Jezebel, you know. I don't want to be like an evil Jezebel woman. But you know what I told the Lord in all my fear and all my worry. And at that time, I was youth pastoring still. I just wasn't ordained. I didn't want the title. I just said, let me do it. I don't need to have a title to do it. And the youth ministry was good. But it's when I walked and prayed and I prayed that courageous faith, courageous, dangerous prayer. I said, God, search my heart. And you know what, God, if there's any fear in me, show me. And I took that fear of being single and a woman, and I gave it to Jesus that day. I'll never forget, I was walking and praying. I said, Lord, I surrender to you, and I'm terrified, but I'm going to trust you that you have called me to do this. I'm going to trust you that you're going to be with me. And you know what, our youth ministry exploded, didn't it? exploded after that. I mean, we had 300 children coming in, getting saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, delivered of drug addictions. I mean, some, many are serving Jesus today, raising their children, serving Jesus. Why? Because I dealt with my fear. See, fear will keep you in disobedience. But when you let fear go, you will obey God at a level that will blow your mind. Amen. Amen. And God wants to do that. He wants to do something inside of you that you didn't think you could do or that you even wanted to do. But when you're willing to surrender it to God, he will move in such a powerful way. When you are praying this prayer, you have to love pleasing him more than the fear of failure. You have to love pleasing him more than people's opinions. You have to love pleasing him more than the pain that it could cause your heart by obeying him. That's this prayer of faith. See, sometimes obeying God is not easy. I've had to do some obedient walks that I just thought would be supernatural Jesus juice to get through it. But you know what? Obeying Jesus can be painful because he requires things from us. He requires us to trust him in the dark. He requires to trust him when we don't see any open doors. And maybe it's happening for everybody else and not you yet. He requires that of us so that he can build our faith and confidence in him. Amen. Pleasing him is more important than worrying about what people think. Your obedience to Christ is everything. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, amen. There's no fear in love. God will not dangle you out there to hurt you. He will open up your heart to heal you, amen. He wants to heal you today. I'm encouraging you, pray this prayer this week and say, Lord, if there's anything there, Holy Spirit will speak to you very quickly. And suddenly in your life, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. Why does this fear prayer matter? I'll say it again. Because what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. And let's invite the Lord to trust him. Amen. When you pray this prayer, what's going to happen is you're suddenly going to realize with this invitation of the Holy Spirit, you're suddenly going to recognize the one area where you've not been trusting God. And God will get to the root of it, and He'll set you free. See, because that's what God's really trying to get at. Listen, God's not trying to get at the issue; He's trying to get to the root of the issue. Because if you just go cut off the fruit, what's going to happen? More fruit's going to grow. Well, I'm going to deal with fear. You know, I'm going to deal with rejection. I'm going to deal- no get to the root of it. Invite the Holy Spirit in. Let His healing hands get to the root of that fear, so that you can be set free, and you don't bear the fruit of that thing in your life anymore. And that's allowing that Holy Spirit to come in, right? It's allowing the word of God to speak to the root of that problem. See, when you know the problem, now you know how to attack it. But if you don't know the problem, you're still beating the air. Anybody ever beat the air in your life? And you just wake up tired, (laughs) discouraged, and want to quit? Because we're just beating the air. Now, you need to find a quiet place with the Lord this week. In your car. I've prayed in many closets in my house before. I really have. I've gotten in the closet, shut the door. Why? Because I need to hear God. So you need to stop and not only ask the prayer, say, God, is there anything in me? Search my heart. Then you need to stop and listen because he'll speak to you. That's the loving father. He'll speak to you that one area that you've been hanging on to that you need to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because God is desperately trying to reveal it to you. All right, you need to say, I will do what God is calling me to do. God will reveal things to you about yourself that you may not have been willing to acknowledge for years. When we pray that prayer, we just want to put it on the back burner, put it on the back burner. But God's like, "Uh uh-uh, let me show you what you've not been willing to acknowledge for years. And let me set you free. Search my heart, oh God, amen. Make it ever true. Search my heart, oh, God, and make it more like you. All right, number three, really quick. Psalms 139, verse 24. This is probably one of the most difficult parts of this prayer to pray. And it's this. uh, And see if there is any wicked way in me. So as you are praying, Lord, search my heart. And then you're praying, Lord, remove the fear. Now you're going to say, Lord, is there any sin in my life that I need to deal with? Is there any areas of my life that I've been compromising, that I've not been walking in the way you would want me to walk to? I'm talking about that conviction voice of the Holy Spirit that we're so good at tuning out. Amen. This message just sets you free not to condemn you. <laughs> But it's important that as a pastor, I'm speaking truth to you. David said, if there's any wicked way in me, right, if there's offense, not just sin, but if there's offense in me, if there's any inconsistency with your truth, if there's anything that's not pleasing to you, God, I want you to take it out of my life, and I'm willing to let it go. If I have to step out of a situation and trust you, I'm going to trust you, amen, or I'm going to find a way to get God in the middle of what I'm compromising in, amen. Why? Because our hidden sin keeps us in condemnation and keeps us away from an intimate relationship with God. It allows us to go through religious motions and to feel good, but it never lets us go into that intimate place with the Father. Because we don't feel worthy. And he makes us feel condemned. Amen. And he makes us feel like we really can't do what God's called us to do. God wants all that compromise to leave from our life. And in, in this time, and when you're living this Christian life, it's so much easier to recognize someone else's sin than to recognize your own. <laughs> Boy, if those were my kids, I'd. <laughs> right? You see how that girl carries herself, right? But then we may wake up realizing we're living that same lie ourselves. So God's not asking you to look at someone else's life right now. He's asking you to search your own heart. Stop judging other people and find out the areas of my life that I can clean up. The areas of my life I can allow the Holy Spirit to come in. Amen. And allow the grace of God to come in and heal me of that area in my life. Uncover the sin. Amen. All right. It takes a lot of courage to say this prayer in your life. It takes a lot of courage to recognize the sin and the compromise in your life. But you're going to point out the things that you've been trying to avoid. Listen to this, denying the truth does not make the truth false. Just because you deny and go, well, this is okay. This is acceptable. I see other leaders behave this way. I see big name people do this. Just because that's happening doesn't mean you don't have a responsibility to hear from the Holy Spirit yourself. Yourself, amen. And allow the conviction of God for your truth and where God wants you to be as a believer. Again, not in condemnation but saying, Lord, I am willing to be obedient to you. I'm willing to get this compromise out of my life once and for all. So let me ask you these questions in your life as you're uncovering sin. Number one, what are others trying to tell you? Have you had one or two more people say this is a pattern in your life? That's something you need to recognize. If, if Susie and Shelly and Joe and whoever else tells you there's a problem, there's pretty much a chance you might have the problem instead of blaming everybody else. Amen. What have I rationalized for some time? What have you rationalized? Well, I'm just coping with this. It's just how I hurt. You just have to accept me the way that I am. That's an area where God wants to what? Uncover that. God wants to heal that. And the third one is where am I the most defensive when somebody talks to me? I don't want to talk about that. Back off. I don't want to deal with that. We talk about anything. We're not going to talk about that. That's a defensive behavior. That's an area that you need to allow the Holy Spirit to come in. And all God is asking you this is this, is pray. Just ask the Holy Spirit. Nobody's telling you what to do. Nobody's going to make you do anything. But ask the Holy Spirit to come in. There was a story of a preacher when he was a young preacher. And he kind of would preach crude jokes, like kind of like half-colored jokes, you know, that was almost a, offensive in many ways. And he had people after people visit his office say, you know what, Pastor, I love you, but you're crude. You say things that are just wrong and almost secular. And he's like, hey, that's just the kind of preacher that I am. you got to deal with it, you know. And then one of his members came to him who was, I think, on the leadership team. And he said, you know, he said, Pastor, just so you know, I'm with you 100%. And I love you. And I'll always be with you no matter what. But there's this area that when you're preaching, you get crude. And you get almost, it's almost like secular. And it's crossing that line. And he said, it's okay if that's how you want to do it. And, and I, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. But all I'm asking is, would you pray, Pastor? Just pray and ask the Lord. And he's like, well, offended at first, but he took it to prayer. And one day he just took it to prayer. And then the next couple Sundays later, he got up to preach. And his daughter had graduated from the children's ministry into the adult ministry. And he went to go say this crude thing that he normally would just say because it's the way that he is. And he looked over and saw his daughter sitting there. And he thought, I don't want my daughter to hear this kind of thing. I, I would be so embarrassed if my daughter heard this. And he realized the conviction of God. Maybe I am crude, and I should own up to it, and I should deal with it. And he changed that behavior in his life. So I'm asking you today, I'm not here to try to tell you what you need to change. Ask the Holy Spirit, the areas of your life. Say, Lord, I want to surrender that thing to you, right? I want you to uncover the area of my life so that I can be set free. And the last thing this morning I'm going to close with is in Psalms 139. In a dangerous prayer is this. See if there's any offensive way in me. And then what? And lead me in the way of everlasting. The last last prayer is going to be what, Lord? Lead me by your Holy Spirit. After the Lord shows you what he wants to change you, he's going to lead you into his presence where there's fullness of joy. He's going to lead you into freedom and victory. He's going to lead you into a cup that's overflowing with so much of his presence. Amen. You have to understand that when you are coming before the Lord, you are worshiping for an audience of one. The only one that matters in your life is Jesus. The only one you need to please is Jesus. The only one that you need to have conviction from is Jesus. All I can do is shine a light to allow him in, but you are the only one that can take him home and say this dangerous prayer to God. Amen. And when you do, I promise you, God will change you. God will heal you. God will set you free. Where you're at today, you will not be one year from from today. A year from now, you're going to be winning people to Jesus. You're going to have the joy of the Lord that is your strength. You're going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Amen. We're going to do what God's called us to do because we're not worried about what I need. We're going to allow the light of God to be in me so I can let the light of God shine out of me. Amen. God is calling this church to the highways and the byways. God is calling this church to revival and a move of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to do it with people who say, search me, O God. I'm going to give you permission. Get in my junk in my trunk, amen. And I'm going to allow God to have his way 100% in my life, amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. I pray no condemnation on your life. I just pray the voice of the Holy Spirit over you, amen. I just pray the voice of the Holy Spirit over your life. So that he can search your heart and you can find the freedom that God's called you to walk into. I want all eyes closed for just a minute. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to touch you right where you're at. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to touch you right where you're at. And I'm going to ask for just the power of his voice to come over your heart and your mind today. Just let his presence touch you, the stillness of his beautiful voice. Hallelujah. Lord, we don't want to move by emotionalism. We want to move by the genuine touch of your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that every person will hear your voice, Father God. Every person will know your presence in their life. That will be quick to hear you, Father God. I want to say this prayer together. I want everyone to repeat after me. We're going to pray Psalms 139 over our lives today. Just repeat after me. Say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Show to me if there's any offensive way. And lead me in the way of everlasting. So, God, I thank you that you have permission in every heart, permission in this church, Lord, that they will find freedom in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I just hear the Lord say, you have courage to be an overcomer. You are empowered with power to walk in victory. You have the power of the Holy Spirit for that thing that's trying to weigh you down and that area of compromise in your life. God has made you an overcomer. He's made you a conqueror. He's called you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, says the Lord. I hear the Lord say a courageous spirit's gonna rise up on the inside of you. The roar of a lion is gonna come out of you in the name of Jesus. You're gonna have a rebounding voice against the enemy that's trying to steal your joy and your purpose and your destiny. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, I thank you for a sound of the Holy Spirit to come out of their mouths, out of their lives, out of this church, Father God. We thank you for the spirit of righteousness and authority that flows through every home, every relationship, God, every agenda, every plan of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray these walls to come down at this church, that God, we will go to the highways, we will go to the byways, we will see miracles, signs and wonders happening outside the four walls of this church god set a fire within our soul god stir up our spirits even this very day let us be hungry for the lost. let us be hungry for your word let us be hungry for your presence let us be thirsty for your anointing oh god we're not going to be distracted by the things of the world but lord we're going to rise up as warriors and overcomers and conquerors in the name of jesus christ that God, this church will be called to be a voice into this city, God, a light on a hill that cannot be hidden, God, a voice of victory, God, a voice of healing and deliverance will stream out of this house in the name of Jesus Christ. It will be done through righteousness, God, and through the authority of your word in the name of Jesus. God, we call this city to hunger for truth. We call this city to hunger for righteousness. We call forth the people that will desire you, God, and will confess their sins and humble themselves, Father God, and seek after your face in the name of Jesus. And Lord, your word says when we do that, Lord God, you will rise up and bless us, Father God. You will hear the righteous, you will hear the humble, God. You will hear the cries of your servants, Father God. And we call in the lost from the north, south, east and west in Jesus' name. We decree miracles, signs and wonders, the supernatural that come from this house, God, that people will come in wheelchairs knowing they can be touched by the power of God. People will come in here addicted and know that they're gonna be set free, God. We decree your anointing, God, on this whole perimeter on this property, that, Lord, evil cannot prevail, but your presence, Lord God, will rise up a standard in this city. And we thank you, God, for what you're doing. We rejoice in what you're doing, God, and we wanna be a part of it. We say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, to your will and your way. In Jesus' precious name, I want everybody to give a great big shout to the Lord. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise. Just begin to thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you pray in tongues, just pray in tongues right now. Let's take two minutes. Holy Spirit, have your way. All religion, all tradition, to be
0: shattered over this city, Father God. All the agendas of man, Father God, and self-righteousness. In the name of Jesus, we command it to come down, Father God. We pray for an uprising of the Holy Spirit, God. just pray in tongues.
1: Just pray in tongues. Let the Holy Spirit move you. la 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 basi, la 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 Hallelujah. la 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 we declare freedom, Lord God. Freedom over this city. Freedom of the Holy Spirit over this church, Lord God. Holy Spirit, have your way. Oh Lord, let your anointing break down, Lord God. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Glory to your name, Father God. We thank you for the supernatural, God. We thank you for the miraculous, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus, for the church
1: that you've called to arise, Lord God. We thank you for the sound of your church to arise, Lord God. Let the move of your spirit cause this church to be what you want it to be, Lord God. Hallelujah, let it break tradition and religion and agendas of man. But, Lord, let this church arise to be church lord god of the end time revival the church of your spirit your bride father god (inaudible) remove all apathy god
0: remove all apathy and comfort uh, where we're comfortable lord god and let us arise let your church arise like never before father god we give you praise we give you glory (inaudible) i just hear the lord say get ready get ready get ready because there's a move of my spirit coming hallelujah there's an awakening coming over this church and over this north phoenix i hear the lord say there's an arising and awakening in the name of jesus there's a move that's coming that's
1: not by might and not by power but it's by the spirit says the lord it is by my spirit says the lord i hear the lord say get in get ready get excited anticipate I'm about to do. Stir up your spirit, says the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the
0: name of Jesus Christ to be a river that flows through this church, a river of your spirit, a sound from heaven flow from this house, oh God, a sound of the Holy Spirit, not made by man, but made by your presence, Father God. Hear the Lord say, What the enemy meant for evil, God is rerouting it for good. God is rerouting
1: it for his glory, says the Lord.
0: Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You can look at me. One thing about faith builders, and this is where we have to be as a church, God has called this church to be different. God has called this church to move in the Holy Spirit and by his power amen and we have a church that you cannot be ashamed of you need to get your family here your friends here your co-workers here there needs to be such a hunger to get people here in the presence of God because God has called this church to be a hospital a place of healing and of deliverance and a manifestation of the Holy Spirit and his power amen the world is not looking for cute church the world isn't Starbucks in in the cafe in the courtyard we love it it's awesome for Christians the world is looking for hope and healing and deliverance and joy amen that is what the church needs to look like and we'll offer all of that but the purpose the core of why we exist is for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to let Jesus shine let Jesus heal people, and to go back out into the world and win them to Jesus, amen? I'm going to tell you, this church ain't going to be big enough for what the Lord's about to do. It's not going to be big enough. God's going to do something in this church only because we want to do something for God, amen? Let's be a part of it. Let's get our heart attached to what God's doing. Let's not get religious and comfortable. Let's get out of our uncomfortable, out of our comfortable zone, amen? and do something for Jesus, amen? Get excited about the Lord and what he has for our life, amen? Amen. Well, God bless you. I love you all so much. I can't wait for week two on this series. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.